Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience and today we're joined by Diane Parham, creator of the Intermittent Fasting for Today's Aging Women course and community. How's it going Diane? It is going great. I am so happy to be here and so honored to be here. So thank you for inviting me. Well, I'm excited to have you here, um, and I'm also similarly excited that I managed to get that mouthful out without 50 takes. Uh, I did it all in one. (laughs) One and done. That's how we do it. Yes. So uh, tell us, just in traditional format, your 15-second elevator pitch. I'm not going to try to repeat it again because I will get it wrong the second time, but tell us what it is that you do. I teach women who are transitioning through like a hormonal season of change in their life, how to create a lifestyle for themselves so they can look and feel their best and do that in their most authentic way. And the tool we use to get that done is intermittent fasting. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think the beauty as I was thinking through and reading through a little bit of your notes is that you it's almost like when you target babies or something, you you know, every every season of life is constantly producing new customers for you. This is something that I think essentially every female on the planet goes through. So uh, I guess tell us, uh, first of all, how you got started kind of targeting this industry. Sure. So I was in the health and fitness like coaching industry. Um, and I was doing that through um, a multi-level marketing company, which I absolutely loved. I loved what I did. But one weekend I went off to a marketing seminar and I came home and I told my husband, I'm like, I have something that I can sell. And I can sell it in a way that will also serve women through a season of life that is very hard and a lot of people aren't talking about. And this is also a season for me where I had just gone to my annual physical and came out as a pre-diabetic, all while working in the health and fitness industry and eating clean and exercising and doing all the things that I knew how to do to prevent that. And I ended up that way anyway. So I started doing some research to figure out how I could reverse the situation that I was in and stumbled upon intermittent fasting. This is like in 2017. And this is when a lot of people weren't talking about intermittent fasting as a means for health purposes. And it was really targeted toward more physique purposes. And so I kept stumbling upon like, you know, 20 year old buff dudes in the gym with no shirt on and, you know, physique models who were using intermittent fasting to like slim down. Um, and then I stumbled across, you know, the godfather of intermittent fasting, Dr. Jason Fong, and it started clicking for me. I'm like, okay, if it's working for this younger community for physique purposes, and he was dealing with more 70 plus community for health purposes, what can it do for us in the middle? And I started kind of playing around with some of the information that I 
you know, was finding on the internet and was able to reverse my own pre-diabetic condition, but I had to do it in a way that made sense for me as a woman coming out of a season and going into a season with a lot of history of the diet mentality and yo-yo dieting and over-exercising and under-eating. And I had to do undo a lot of mindset things that I had around my own life and food again, even as a coach, right? Because I was coaching women on eating six times a day, starting your day with breakfast, managing your calories, like all the things. And those were really the things that over time with hormonal changes that I was going through that landed me in the situation I was in. And so I started when I came back from this conference after I had already reversed my pre-diabetic condition and knew like I could package this up and help so many women. And I started with 10 friends that I found on the internet and said, Hey, I had this problem. I know you're struggling too. For $20, I'm going to put you in this little group and I'm going to teach you everything that I did to put myself in a better place. And at the end, if you give me a testimonial of your time that you're with me, I'll give you your $20 back if you give me permission to use your testimonial. And all of them loved the results that they got in my little test on Facebook. They let me keep their $20 and wanted to know when I put my official course together, how they could register. So that's when I knew I had something that women needed and that I could offer them. Um, and so I had Kajabi because I, you know, I had it forever and I just never knew how I was going to put it together and use it. And so I took what I did inside this little test group and what I did with me as my own experiment with my friends this, in this Facebook group. And I created a course out of it and just started talking about it on the internet. So I started on Facebook live, um, before YouTube live and Instagram live. And I would just show up every day at the same time, seven days a week and talk about something that I experienced or talk about something that someone, someone was struggling with that I helped them with. And I started talking to no one as most people do when they start something. And I just kept showing up and kept showing up and kept showing up and kept showing up. And then they finally came. And so that's how the intermittent fasting for today's aging woman course came to life. And we're still going strong today. There are so many uh, brilliant little nuggets in there that like we just uh, you you flew through them because I think I don't know if they I don't want to prescribe that they came naturally to you. I assume that they this was a lot of work and a lot of research. But one uh, one area that I really want to hone in on um, is actually towards the beginning of your statement. I think that there is a psychological barrier for anyone who wants to get started. And you just barely touched on this. The notion of like you were a coach and you were you were seen as someone who I, I guess you had all of the right, you, for all intents and purposes, the rest of us, you had all of the right factors to be someone with the authority to speak on what you're speaking on. However, even you went through the process of like, kind of just like going through the, I guess, the journey of like putting yourself out there. And like, how did you, how did you, I guess, get to the point where you're able to overcome maybe some of those barriers associated with actually putting yourself out there as an expert in a particular area? I think because I had a problem that I was able to solve and I knew there were other people with the same problem and no one was talking to them directly. And so when I realized that, and I, you know, and, and I knew that because I was going through the same situation and I had no one talking to me directly. And I thought, oh, there's this whole community of women out there that are suffering through these perimenopause, menopausal seasons. And the best advice they get is go home. You're crazy. You know, and that's like the advice I got from my own doctor. I was like, go home. I'm crazy. I'm not crazy. Like this is a real thing. And, and I think that when I, when I talk to my audience, I talk to them as if they were me going through the same thing. And like, I felt them and I understood them. And I talked to them in the way that I wish someone would have talked to me. And I think that passion of 
really wanting to help other women or other people was the driving force. And I think if you have that passion, the skill set will come. And I think a lot of people wait for the skill set to come and they let their passion die. And I wasn't going to let that happen. And so I just went with passion. I love that. I love that. And I, and just so we don't miss, uh, for any of our listeners, some of the, some of the other just tidbits that I pulled out as you were, as you were talking earlier, like one of the things that I think that was absolutely brilliant that you did is even though you had just a very preliminary offer, you put a price tag on it and you charge. And I think the, the value in that is like, uh, there's generally a lot of people now I, gr- I granted like not a free isn't uh, doesn't equal like immediate adoption. However, I think by putting a price tag on your offer, you really did a great job validating. Is there actually true market interest? Like it's one thing to say, is there a problem? But is this a problem people are willing to pay to solve? And something that I think you did really cool, even though it was cheaply priced, you at least helped your your customer base overcome that psychological barrier of putting the dollar, you know, putting the dollar down. Well, I, I know. And I think it's just because of, you know, we've been in situations ourselves, or we've been in situations where we've tried to help other that when you don't have skin in the game, you don't put value in the process. And so even if it's just $20, these women had skin in the game. And I think when you do things for free, people are very, it's very easy for people to be flippant about it and not take it seriously. And I think also having that like guarantee at the end, like I will give you your money back, just see it through with me. Um, if I were to start today all over at day one, I would do it exactly the same way. Like, because it just proved to work well and they, they had nothing to lose and everything to gain, you know? Yes. Um, and so that's the thing too. I think a lot of people think that they have to do things for free to be validated. No, like if you, if you are really confident in what you're doing and you know, you have something that you can help someone with, there should always be a price to that. Yes. Yes. I love that you did that. Um, I do. Let's let's go back even a little bit further. Just so I want to give everyone a perspective of your history. Like, was were you, were you an entrepreneur your entire life? Like, what were you doing from a career standpoint prior to jumping down this path? Uh, I think I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. I just didn't know where to put it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so um, I I didn't I. I, I was in the air force. I always had these jobs where I knew I was worth more than I was getting paid. I didn't have a degree. I ended up putting myself back through college in my thirties, got my degree and then got in like the corporate world. And I'm like, this is a hot mess. I've spent all this money, all this time trying to get here. You know, and the struggle was like all the things that a lot of people feel in the corporate world and having a nine to five and all those things. And, and then I decided to leave that and start an entrepreneurial journey. And it was in the um, real estate business. Then 2008 came, we lived in California. Real estate was not the place to be. All the people that had hired me literally went out of business, business within like a 24 hour time frame. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And that's when I ended up going into a multi-level marketing business, which I absolutely loved because it did teach me the business entrepreneurial mindset. Um, and it was not it, at the time for me, it wasn't risk. It was an easy buy-in and easy out. It was in the health and fitness business. I was a group fitness instructor when I was in the military. So I knew all of that stuff. So it was an easy transition for me to get into. But then what I realized after doing that for several years was that if I can help people get healthy and fit by selling a product for X amount of money, and I only got a fraction of that, what if I could create something and sell it 
and the people get the same end result and I keep all the price of it. And when that light bulb moment went off, I was like, yeah, it's a natural transition for me to just go into doing my own thing. So it was easy for me to like logic my way through that. Amazing. Amazing. I I think that probably was, uh, it probably felt easy, but like you, you undoubtedly, you went through all of the hurdles. Uh, you know, maybe for you, it didn't feel as though (laughs) it felt like it's no way is it easy, but I think a lot of people make it harder than it needs to be because they just don't believe it's possible. So I think for me, I, without a doubt knew it was going to be possible. And as long as I didn't quit and I just kept moving forward and I kept showing up and I kept, providing value to my audience and the people who needed me, it would work out. And that's what I, I still believe that today. I believe that there are enough people in the world that need help. I believe there's enough opportunity to serve people. I believe there's no shortage of women. Like I just have this belief that there's enough. And I think when you go into business as an entrepreneur, knowing there's always going to be enough, you just keep showing up and delivering your best. There will always be enough. Yes, I love that. I love that. That persistence is is truly key, no matter what industry, no matter what your product is. Sometimes yeah. even just showing up is yes. is the crucial differentiator. Yeah, and between- when I when I started, I showed up um and I this is some advice I got from a business coach was I showed up as if I was printed in the TV guide. So if it was Tuesday and it was three o'clock and you needed me, I was going to be there. If it was Wednesday and it was three o'clock, you're going to, I was going to, for seven days a week for an entire year, I showed up live at the same time in the same social media platform. And it was that dedication and consistency too. Even when no one else was showing up, I just showed up because I knew once I went live, it was going to stay and people could come and it was convenient for them. And I think that also was a key factor in the success that I had and where I am today still, I still operate that way. I'm going to show up if I say I'm going to be there and you can count on me. Yeah, I love that. I love the TV guide reference too. Um, I remember many days finding our programs that way. Isn't it crazy how much that has changed? <laughs> yes, yes. Unfortunately, my audience actually knows what a TV guide is. Like there's yeah. a lot of people who don't know what a TV guide is. <laughs> sure. yeah. um, well, uh, take us through a little bit more of almost just where we stopped. And I, I kind of diverged from the storyline in the path. Uh, I'm really interested um, after you ran that pilot program, if you will, um, amongst a few different uh, customers. Uh, how did that begin to translate into I guess, a true business um, from a pilot? Well, what I did is, um, and it almost caused my husband to have, you know, a little heart attack is I built my course as they came. So I used sharing my story and the solution to the problems that I had and the testimonials I got from my test friends as you know, kind of market proof that I had something that would work for them. And I really did talk from my, my pain points and where I was so frustrated. And also then from the solution points that I had, um, of, I can help you too, if you're feeling this way. And so, um, I just put an offer out there and I said, we're going to start on this day. Here's what the offer is. Here's where you can sign up. Now, when I started, I didn't know anything about email marketing. I didn't have a funnel I didn't have a website. I literally had an offer and a way to capture people's names. And I wish I, I wish I would have taken photos or video of it at the time, but I did everything through my Gmail and someone would say, I want to join. And they would go in this pile. And then they said, yes, they want to join. And they would go to this pile and then they needed more information. And I would literally move sheets of paper down the Island of my kitchen. That was my email marketing. I love that. 
<laughs> right. And I would keep a big binder, a three ring binder of these are the people who took class and these are the people who, you know, are, are on the list and haven't taken it yet. And I would mark it that way. And it worked for the time it worked. Um, but I didn't have an email marketing system. Everything was literally live. And I used like mail merge and snippets in Gmail. Um, and then I got enough people to justify starting a class and we ran the class. What I did, and I just was just, I guess, male, female intuition. I don't know, but I built every day's lesson in the course that I was teaching the day before the lesson was to be launched because I wanted to help my women in real time with the, where they were in their struggle and where they wanted to go next based on what I did. And so it did drive my husband absolutely crazy. He's like, what are we going to do if something happens to you? But I just built it in real time because I knew if I did that, I was going to meet them where they were and they were going to end up getting that result because it was the first time I had ever put something like this together. And so I would like in the same room I'm in now, I would just come back here with my, at the time it was the phone, right? We would just use our phone to film everything. And I would film a lesson and I would upload it and it would be available for them when they were ready to to take it. And then I would get feedback from them and their feedback would determine how I would deliver the next message to them. And so I built a 30 day course that way, the first one that I did. And that course ran for a year or so. Totally fine. It was perfect. Women got amazing results. Such a, such an important lesson there again. And I think that's uh, just starting with what is available to you. We've had like several people talk about just starting with a pen and paper and outlining what you want to accomplish, just like you did three ring binder, chunks of paper on your countertop. The reality of this is, is, and granted, this is maybe anti Kajabi sales, which is perfectly fine, but like you don't necessarily need a fancy tool. You don't need a 40 step funnel. You don't need a million person email list or a crazy following. No. in order to get started. Yeah. And for me, you know, in 2017, Kajabi didn't have a lot of the features that it has today. Like now, like stuff is so easy, but I don't know how long you've been with Kajabi, but in 2017 to get an offer to an actual, like a sales page to an offer was a process. Like it wasn't all streamed together. And so getting that to work was like a, a headache sometimes. Um, and so I was like, I can get bogged down by the processes or I can just get it done. And so I just decided to get it done. And I would, I made it totally messy and imperfect and it still worked. Um, and I think within the first four months of offering my course, I made a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Off the Island in my kitchen. Wow. Take us through how like you, you, you began to expand upon your customer base. You, you started fairly close friends, people that you'd made, made friends with online, how did, how did you get the next set of customers? Um, did that come through social as well? Yeah. So, um, when I was in my multi-level marketing business, I knew video was the way to go. And so what I, what I learned there was if I got asked a question, the same question more than once, the best way to provide the answer is through a video. So that way, if someone asks the question, I can go, go to this video, go to this video. So I was posting like videos on YouTube. I had like 1200 subscribers at the time. And I was like, okay, um, I can get people if I just, I can have people find me if I show up where people are looking for answers. And so at the time, YouTube live wasn't a thing, but Facebook live was. And so I would go live on Facebook and then I would take that video and I would upload it to my YouTube channel. And I was, I knew enough about YouTube to title them correctly. So I always titled it intermittent fasting for today's aging woman slash whatever the 
title of the video was, whatever the subject was. And so YouTube was my search engine for me. And YouTube was the thing that found the women who needed an answer to their problem. Very interesting. And I'm curious, uh, how big of a following, because when you think about traditional ways that people earn money through tools like YouTube or other social media channels, it's often built, uh, built by advertisements or brand deals or, you know, other ways that they monetize. What type of audience did it take for you to effectively monetize? I guess, I know that's, effective is is probably not the best adjective, but like, I guess just to generate a, a viable enough uh, flow to where you were able to generate the income that you wanted to in your business. Like, so I'm not a numbers person. So I don't really like, I don't really have like this thing where I could say, well, at 20,000 followers, are, like, I don't, I don't even know. All I knew was to show up. And if I served women well, they would come. And so I do know that in the first four months, I made a hundred thousand dollars in the first like by the time I got to the end of that calendar year, I was already at $250,000. I got to $500,000 by like the second year. So like I, I just kept coming and I just kept offering. And, and I, I had a business coach tell me, you know, there's three things you need to do to be successful. You need to find people. You need to tell them that you can help them and you need to provide them with an offer. I just did that on repeat and I did it enough times. Right. And in an avenue that would provide enough exposure for me that people would come when they were ready. And that's the beautiful thing about, you know, Facebook and YouTube, especially YouTube still like 90% of my business comes from YouTube because I can put something out there when I'm ready and they will come when they're ready. And, um, and that's just how it's worked. Um, and so I've been able to have a very profitable, thriving business since day one. I know you I know you said you're not a numbers person. I'm just curious uh just do you remember even back like when you just got started? I did you have a million followers or like were we no, talking like I have hundreds nothing. of thousands? <laughs> no, I had 1200 subscribers on YouTube, maybe 10,000 on Facebook because that's kind of the medium that I that I worked from and I had like nothing on Instagram. Like Instagram is kind of like where I did like my family personal stuff or whatever. I didn't even really take that seriously. Um, and so then when I made that connection, well, okay, I'll just everything that I do on Facebook, I'll repurpose to YouTube. And then when YouTube started doing YouTube lives, I did the one camera here, one phone here, one phone here. And I line up the, you know, the lens. So you're like looking down the middle and everybody feels like you're talking, like I've done it all to show up. Um, and now I still do the same thing. I still go live on Facebook and YouTube at the same time. Talk to the same, you know, with the same kind of offer. And, um, I just kept building it, but I've had a very small following, a very small email list and was still very successful. And I, I do credit that to the fact that I didn't care about the numbers. I cared about how I showed up. I cared about how I served. And if I resonated with someone and they thought that what I provided could serve them, they would come. And that's all I focus on. How well can I show up for my audience today so they can find me? Yeah, yeah. And I think that the reason why I wanted to drill into that is actually I'm also not a numbers person either. But I do think it's it's important for our, our listeners to hear. Like, I think there's maybe a common misconception that you have to have a, a million people or you have to have this enormous audience. And I, I'm really convinced because I've talked to people like you and I've talked to all of our podcast guests who started with 
you know, sometimes it's as little as just a few hundred people that they're able to, and, or, you know, often actually zero, I should say, realistically it's zero, Mm -hmm. but like small audiences can create an incredible, uh, I guess it's, it's, it can create that catalyst that you need to get your business up and running. Yes. And I think a small intimate audience is way it's, it's, it's so much nicer to work with a small intimate audience than a large cold audience. And there are so many women that I have been able to cross paths with that I consider like dear friends. Like I care about them, you know, and I've only had internet connections with them. And I think that's the beauty of when you show up genuine and you show, show up authentic and you show up to serve, it's amazing who will come. It's just absolutely amazing who will come. And the numbers always just end up working out. Yeah. Well, uh, take us through, we haven't really, we haven't got into any of just the the struggles or the hurdles associated with getting up and running. And I imagine there are many. Uh, at what point did you, and I know it's every point I imagine, but what point do you, can you think of a moment to where you actually hit a brick wall um, that you needed to overcome throughout this process? For me, it hit around 2019, 2020, um, when social media got very protective so to speak. Like, I don't even know how else to describe that, where it felt like what you did before was so easy. Like you just showed up and you talked and people came. I felt like, I mean, and there was a time when I actually reached out to YouTube. I'm like, did I do something wrong? Are you like blocking me? Like no one's showing up. And that was the only time that I felt really frustrated. And that was just, that was because I felt like it was out of my control. Like something was going on with the algorithms or whatever. And what I used to be able to do effortlessly, organically just stopped working. And so I just kept showing up anyway. (laughs) And whoever was there came. And, you know, by then I had an email marketing list and I had communities and all that kind of stuff. So I, I didn't necessarily lose anything, but I did feel a big shift in slowdown and like no one was showing up and I didn't know why. Um, and so I just kept, I just kept showing up on my lives. It just kept showing up on my lives. It just kept serving. And then it came back. Um, and last year, uh, 2022, I felt like the floodgates opened back up and we were kind of back to normal and now everything's okay. So if I could say anything about that time is that that's also the time you want to just keep going, like just keep serving. Don't make hard shifts. Um, if you, if you can't pinpoint what the problem is, refine your skills, like, you know, just get better at what you do. But the, but what I didn't do is I didn't quit. I didn't quit. I didn't doubt that what I had was a really good product. I didn't doubt that people needed me. I didn't think that anything was wrong. I was just like, something's wonky on the internets and you know, things will fix, things will smooth themselves out. And in fact they did and we're back. So it's good. Awesome. Well, I'm really interested in the transition from papers on the counter to, uh, I guess utilize it. It sounds like you had a Kajabi account for a long time. Uh, but what, so what were some of the key drivers for you to actually begin to digitize the process or automate the process? I went to a marketing weekend at Kajabi and, uh, Jonathan and Kenny were there teaching marketing and they were like, no one is doing what you're doing. Why aren't you email marketing? I'm like, I don't even know how, like, I, I honestly didn't know how, and that's what I was there to learn. And they said, no one has ever, they didn't know of anyone who was able to create the kind of community they did turn the kind of sales that I was turning for the price point. I was, I mean, I was selling my course for $47 and they were like, 
why are you doing that? You need to sell it for so much more. Like, cause I just didn't, that's just what it was working. I didn't even think about it. It was, I was getting everything that I needed. I didn't think I needed any more. And so they taught me email marketing and email marketing sequencing and launching and funnels. And then I took that away and started implementing that. So it was that weekend with Kenny and Jonathan that I went, Oh, there's a way easier way to do this. Um, and I didn't even know that what I was doing was hard because I loved it. It was super fun and it was doing everything I needed to do. But now it's way easier because everything is so automated. I just show up for my lives and everything else is kind of set up and running automatically. So it's fine. It's fun. (laughs) I love it. Um, just out of curiosity, was it, was there a point in time in which scale began, began to like be a factor in that? Did you reach a point to where the manual interactions was too much to handle? Or was this just about making what was already good? Great. Scaling is one of those things that I don't really, I think I just don't understand. Like my brain doesn't understand it. Like I love having my hands in it. I love being connected with my community. So the things that I can automate, I automate. But being in the trenches with my women, um, being in community, I'm a very much an extrovert. Like I need the human contact. So that part I go all in on and email sequencing and launching and the way my course runs, it's all automated. Like that's, that's all running on its own. But the part that I don't want to ever give up is me touching people who need me to touch them kind of thing. So that part will, I will always keep. I think that that really segues us perfectly um, into I know recently, actually, we we had to reschedule the recording of this episode in between the time that we had this originally scheduled. And now you just hit a new milestone that I'd love for you to share with us. But I want to make the point before you do is that your involvement in the business is still very much there. This is not I, I love the fact that you know, you're not even thinking about scale from the perspective of now I'm out of the business. You're still very much involved in the day to day and the inner working. So um, I don't know how often you share this type of things, but I know you celebrated a big milestone um, in terms of numbers. Uh, well, which one are you talking about? Because I'm really close to another one. <laughs> oh, boy. Is it is it happened again? Like It's, it's about to happen. So the other thing that I want to say, too, is the, um, I'm still a one woman show pretty much. Like I don't have an admin. I don't have a virtual assistant. Like I don't have any of those things. And one of the things that I promised myself from the very beginning, because I saw so many people do it is I, if it started to feel like overwhelm and burnout, I'm doing something wrong. And that's when I always pull back and regroup and people are coming for me. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to do a bait and switch. So if you're coming for me, you're going to get me. Um, and I think that's also been something that I'm really proud of. Like, this is my business. This is my job. Like, I don't mind working and I only do what I feel like doing. Um, and that shocks a lot of people, especially marketers, because they're like, you don't have a, you know, an, uh, an, a Facebook ads manager and you don't have it. No, I tried Facebook ads and it made me like really like unhappy with my business. I didn't like it. I love organic. I love me. I love, I love me being in it in it with my women. I love the connection. And so if I outsourced it all, I should probably get into a different business, how I always feel. And so, um, I do have someone helping my daughter's helping me with my video editing and some social media stuff. And my, you know, my son now is our, my business manager. So I have that kind of thing. But when it comes to the core of who I am and what I serve, I will always be in it with, with my women because I love it. 
Um, and so I don't feel any pressure to like scale out of my business or hire an, like if I have to hire an entire team, I'm probably going to jump because I'm like, I don't even (laughs) want it. I don't want that. And I think that that's what the beautiful thing about having, having a system like Kajabi. And I know we're not here to like promote Kajabi, but that's all I know. Like everything I do is run through my Kajabi. And I think that's, what's made it so simple for me to be a one woman show, be really profitable, love what I get to do and have it be really simple. Like I don't need to hire a bunch of people. It's super simple. Like I can do it on my own. And so I love that part. But so one milestone we hit was a million dollars in revenue through our Kajabi sales last at the end of last year. And I'm sitting here today, $4,000 away from hitting $2 million in my Kajabi. So, um, it's amazing how fast it happens when it all starts clicking and working. And I, I do credit that to consistency, just not giving up. So it's fun. It's super fun to watch it happen. Well, I think you might want to hit the refresh, uh, button on your Kajabi sales page. I, I, I think you might even be, you might even be there like oh, looking at the what? numbers that I'm looking at. <laughs> Talk about automation. I don't even know. It's just happening while we're having a conversation. Like that's the beautiful thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, what, what is so cool about that is I think for all intents and purposes, like the, the thought process of having a, not only a six, but now a seven figure business, like the fact that you are still in the trenches, as you said, still very much heavily involved is so huge. And so such, such a unique factor to digital businesses and something that I think is probably just misunderstood. Like you'd think that like, once you hit a certain number, like it would, you'd have to have a team of a hundred people. But the reality of this is, as you just stated, it's still you and, you know, a son and daughter (laughs) helping along the way, which is incredible. Yeah. And, you know, I have to do a lot of, you know, so now I'm also a life coach. So I have to do a lot of thought work on that too. It's like, well, what if I would have, could I No, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at the time I'm supposed to be here. I've enjoyed every step of it. I don't burn out. I don't stress out. I don't like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's pure joy for me. So why would I ever leave that? Like I've created something for myself that is absolutely pure joy. Um, and I feel like I'm serving a community of women in such uh, a genuine way. And I, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss that. I love that. I love that. And there's so much, I think, uh, for, for most people, no matter where we're at, there's, there's always this concept of it could be better. And I think that this, just that mindset that you, you just described there is so important. I mean, I think always having that, having those aspirations is great. And like, but I also love just the mentality behind like, like my kids are swimmers and, you know, they're out there to compete with themselves. They're out there to beat their last best record. And that's kind of what the driver is behind what they're doing, which is, which is cool. It doesn't have to be about taking over the world, you know, when you're helping one person at a time. Yeah. And I've always had that belief because I've been told by so many people I'm doing everything wrong. And I'm like, doesn't seem that way. And I go back to that thought too, of like, you know, everybody knows Amy Porterfield for like email marketing, but she had to figure it out. And everybody knows Stu McLaren for memberships. He had to figure it out. Well, I want to be known for just being authentic and genuine and, and organic about building your business. And I figured it out and that's okay. You know? Yes. Well, I, I'm, I'm interested to put you on the spot. I know you said you'd everything you, you did, you'd do it all the same if you started over today. But just, uh, I mean, thinking back through your journey for any of our listeners who were considering taking this type of leap, what would you encourage them to do in, in terms of taking that first step um, and maybe getting going with their business? I, I think, you know, the first thing you have to really realize is that people are just looking to have their problems solved quickly. 
right? So if you have solved a problem or you have a skill set, how can you get people to where you are as fast as possible and take the easiest route? And if you can figure that out, people will come because people want fast and easy, right? Um, and so that was the, that's the first thing. The second thing is you have to show up where your people are. So where is your place where your people are? And I know my people are on YouTube, so I will always show up on YouTube. That's where they're looking. I, I think the other, the other aspect of it is you have to just believe you. You have to believe that you have everything that it takes to get everything that you want and you're, you're qualified right now. And I think when you know you're qualified right now, then you can get out of that research mode and you can just start implementing. So I, I, I now talk to a lot of people who are trying to start businesses and I'm like, you have enough information. You don't need to take another course. You don't need to just go launch, go, go try something and ask your friends if that's the only avenue you have to, to figure it out, Ta test it, see if it works, see if you can deliver what it is that you know you can deliver. And then you figure it out along the way. My course has taken three revisions. I thought they needed more. I used to have a 30 day course. Now I have a 21 day course. I found out 30 days was too long. We revised it. Like not everything that you do is going to stay forever. You do have the opportunity to change and upgrade and shift and do all the things. And, and I've always been very open to that. Like maybe it's time we need to just change some things and we just change it and it gets better or it doesn't get better. We go back to the way it was. And I think it's just that don't, no matter what, you're going to serve your purpose. And if you don't give up on that, you'll find success. It kind of it goes back to where you started earlier on when we were talking. And that was just the, the philosophy of leading with that passion and allowing the skills to come, you know, as a part of that journey. Uh, yeah, I love love that. Yeah. And you will make mistakes. Like I've made plenty of mistakes and I'm OK with that. And I'm open about it. And I'm honest about it. Like I'm not striving to be perfect. And there, and I also don't expect you to be perfect. So we can just accept that we're just going to mess things up and everything is going to be okay. And as long as we're cool about that, we can move forward. Um, and I think sometimes you have to give yourself some grace for that too. You're just going to make mistakes and that's okay. It's fine. You know? Yes. And if you're anything like me, you're going to make a lot of them yeah. in the process. <laughs> yes. And you learn and that's good. <laughs> for sure. Well, you already told us a little bit about this, uh, at so I don't want to belabor the point, but I, I always want to know, like, what has changed for you as a result of you taking this entrepreneurial leap? Um, I know you've been in this space for a while, but, you know, uh, you had the corporate job at least for a little bit. What's changed as a result? Well, I think what I like the most about, and again, you know, these are probably just some of my own life experiences I've had to go through, but I love the freedom that if I want to move the needle, I get to decide when I get to do that. I don't have to wait for someone else to approve it. So if I want to create something new and generate a new stream of income for my family or a new opportunity, I just do it. I just throw it out there and see what happens. Um, I create my own success. I'm creating my own future. We don't rely on what's going on in the economy anymore. Like we're all good. Um, and being able to provide things for my family as far as security and safety and like all of those things are all, all of us want, right? And so I think when, when you're finally in a position as an entrepreneur where you're, where you see that you're like, oh, I'm creating my own destiny. I'm creating my own financial outcome. I'm creating my time freedom. I'm creating all of those things. That's when, for me anyways, that's where it's like, I won't ever do anything else. 
I will never do. I'll always figure out a way to have some sort of presence online as a business person where I can provide something for someone. And it may not always be intermittent fasting, but it's going to be something because I can't ever imagine doing anything else. Well, I'd love for you to just give us uh, for anyone. I, I, I actually don't know what the demographic makeup of our audience is. It's really hard to find out from podcasts, but like I imagine there's at least a few people that may be interested in exploring your content, your courses, your information. I'm going to recommend it to my mom, actually, because I know she's probably going through <laughs> some of the same things. Um, but let us know where they where they can find you, um, even just to, to get started, to get to know you, um, as well as if they're interested in taking your course, where should they head? So I can be found on all the social media platforms. So on YouTube, I am found by my name. So that's Diane Parham. Um, on Instagram, I am for today's aging woman. But if you search my name, you can find me and I'm on YouTube the same way. So Diane Parham. And then the course is called, uh, and my website now is called for today's aging woman. And through the journey that I have been through, um, I'm a certified nutrition coach and a certified running coach. And I have all those aspects, but I've really learned through my community and really getting to know them that nutrition isn't really what's holding so many people up, but women are the women that I talk to. It's really how we function mentally and emotionally when life goes wrong or things aren't going our way, or we are going through a season that doesn't feel good. And so I'm really transitioning out of the nutrition aspect of what I do and really leaning hard into like the mindset aspect. And, um, and now I'm a life coach. And so I'm doing more life coaching. So I have an intermittent fasting for today's aging woman course. And then when you graduate from that, we do have a course called the midlife mindset shift, which is more group coaching for bigger things outside of intermittent fasting. And then I'm going to be launching soon, um, a business program for women. Because one of the other things that I've realized working with women is that a lot of times we put our life on hold to raise kids and, you know, start a family and all of those things. And then we get to this season of life and we're like, our kids are gone. And now what do we do? And we don't have a means to support ourselves. So really launching women into maybe an opportunity to start their own business with some of the skill sets that they've acquired over the years. And so that's going to be called let's get launched. And that'll hopefully be coming sometime this year. So that'll be fun. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, that's, that's, uh, I think, just the perfect pairing to anyone who's listening to this show, who's thinking, you know, about maybe starting their own business, feeling inspired. Yeah. That sounds like definitely something worth checking out. Yeah. We will, of course, have that information in the show notes as well. And, you know, if, if I could say anything to like, like, again, I don't know what your demographic is that's going to listen to this. But if there's anything that I can say to women in general is and give them hope is I started this when I was in my 50s. Like I was a 50 when I launched, you know, doing online courses and coaching. Um, and I'm going to be 57 on Tuesday. So seven years of being in my fifties and I have been more successful in my fifties than I ever have in any other career field of in my life. And I do credit that to the opportunity to put a course together and provide it for an audience that needs it. And so for all of your women out there who are in a season of life where they feel like their life is kind of on the end or they, they, they don't have an opportunity because they're in a certain season. That's not true. Like you can start your life over or start something new at any age. And I love the fact that I can be proof for that for women. Yes, I can. I can't imagine a more inspiring way to conclude <laughs> this episode. These are like the, these are my favorite stories. Like there's the classic, the Colonel Sanders story, and like <laughs> I love it when people start things, uh, you know, later on in life uh, and are able to achieve such incredible success. You just hit or are on the verge of hitting. We haven't verified this yet. The, the it's gonna it's gonna happen this weekend because we have a course. I mean, that's the other thing I think with with how I've been able to kind of maintain. 
my sanity with this is I just believe everything's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. Like the universe is always working in my favor. I don't stress about it. If it happens this weekend or it happens on Monday, it's going to happen. We're really close and we just keep forging toward that direction. So yeah, it's all fun. I love it. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you again, Diane, for taking the time out of your day to share the story. I know that I'm walking away from it feeling inspired. I can't imagine that any of our listeners are feeling any different after listening to this. So really appreciate you taking some time out of your day. Oh, it's an honor. And I, you know, I have, I have been a Kajabi hero and a Kajabi fan for so long. So it is really an honor for me. If there's any way I can inspire someone or motivate someone or just give someone the courage to just start and trust their gut and go for their passions, then this was a win for me. 100% a win for me. Love it. Well, that's all we have for our listeners today. We thank you so much for listening. Would really appreciate it if you left us a review on your favorite podcasting channel. Um, and of course, shared these episodes on any of your social media channels as well. We'd love to hear about uh, the stories from all of you, our listeners, when you're, you're using this information um, to hopefully inspire you to start that journey of entrepreneurship. For now, that's all we have. Thank you again for listening and we'll look forward to seeing you next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast.